Hello and welcome everybody to today's News Tonight, episode 123. This is, of course, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests, our lovely patrons, our amazing YouTube audience, and all of you to discuss today's gaming news. I'm your host, Ash Paulson, and today I'm joined by my good friend and GVG co-founder, Derek Bittner, along with our very special guest, Jay Lynn, Hotline Director of the Games and Online Harassment Hotline. Jay, how's it going? It's going well. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We are so honored to have you here. The pleasure is all ours. Thank you so much. Um, and before we get too much further, I know everyone's wondering probably, hey, Steve's not here again. He's still uh, continuing with a couple of really serious embargo deadlines, so he just didn't have the time today. He will be back Friday. Uh, but for that reason, if you see any technical weirdness going on, you know, Steve is our resident stream maestro. Uh, but Derek is going to do an amazing job running the stream in his stead. The, uh, but if you see any weirdness, that's why. I, just, just, you know. just to give a heads up now, uh, I, I tried to, you know, try to have things ready, but there's just things, new things I don't have yet. So there's no Chiron at the bottom. There's no intro, as you saw. There's, uh, I don't even know if we have, I might have an outro. There's not going to be uh, the line of all of our patrons show up. Uh, we'll still be reading out EPs, of course, but uh, yes. none of that. The promoter pet won't show up. I just am not equipped with a lot of the stuff we have as of currently. So we'll have, you know, all the in-betweens and stuff like that when we talk about the subjects. But that's about the best I can do, and I apologize. But uh, it's a little low lo-fi this this time around. DIY Sorry, episode, Jay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and to make up for it for our producers, I'll, I'll read out the list of producers as well. So you know, you guys have your have your uh, proper readout as well, since you're not going to have the credit scroll. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Jay, uh, so you, of course, as I said, are the hotline director. Uh, of the games and online harassment hotline. Could you tell, tell us a little bit about what you do and, and the kind of work you do in that role? Yeah, definitely. So um, this is kind of a special and fun time uh, to talk about it just because it is the one year anniversary of the launch oh, cool. of the games hotline. Yeah. Congratulations. So we, thank you. Um, that's uh, we, we've really been trying to like indulge ourselves and just gush about the work a lot this month um, because of that. Um, and so, yeah, we launched in August of 2020 and especially with the, the climate of things and how they yes. have been, especially recently, it, um, it feels, it, it feels really, um, it, it's hard to it's hard to say I feel like gratitude for the terrible things happening in the world, but I right. do feel, I do feel really, really grateful that. Um, you know, we can be here for folks with all the Blizzard stuff happening, with the hate rating things happening right now, and of course, every all of the stuff of 2020 and, um, every, you know, this has been a long year. <laughs> so uh, thanks so much right. for all the congrats in chat. And um, if you haven't heard of the Games and Online Harassment Hotline, we are a free confidential text message based emotional support, like mental health resource. Uh, specifically for people who make and play games, right? So anyone who works in the games industry, anyone who plays any kind of game, no gatekeeping here, as well as content creators, right? Like journalists, uh, streamers, podcasters like yourselves. Um, we really wanted a resource that was specific to the games community so folks didn't feel like they had to 
explain themselves or kind of explain some of the fundamentals of what's going on of like what's discord or what's twitch chat uh what does hate reading even mean you know like mm. uh that baseline understanding is there this is a resource created by folks who have been directly impacted by harassment and abuse in game spaces and in the games industry so really pulling on like deep kind of wisdom and knowledge uh, and really listening to the community, like really reacting to what folks are texting in about and um, providing our services in that way. So anyways, I'm, I'm gushing a lot. But no, you should gush. Absolutely. <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. At the end of the day, we're, we're, a, we're a text message based uh, emotional support hotline and folks can text in about really anything that they want emotional support around. It doesn't have to be about harassment. It doesn't have to be about video games even specifically. Um, and yeah, so uh, if folks want to know how to reach us, uh, you just text uh, from anywhere in the U.S., anytime, any day of the week, uh, the word support, S-U-P-P-O-R-T, to the short code 23368. Um, so just over SMS. And you'll kind of get there's like two short little intake questions that are like kind of automated. And then we log on every day from three to 7 p.m. Pacific. And so that's when we're here to like talk with folks in or text with folks in real time. Um, and so if you text in during that time, we'll reply right away. Or if you text in at another time, uh, that's just when we'll get back to you. So yeah, that's a quick little overview <laughs> with a little bit of gushing in between. <laughs> Perfect. No, I'm I'm so glad you you explained what it is you do because I when we love this. Uh, this is why you're such a perfect fit uh, as a guest on TNT because you know when we founded Good Vibes Gaming, we found you know our foundational pillars are our inclusivity, positivity, kindness, mental health. That's what we are all about here. We're sick of gaming being a white boys club. Right, we're sick of that. We don't. We're, we're, we don't want to. We want to push back against that. White boys, sick of white boys. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, of course. But you know, we we that was the whole point is that we wanted to create a positive, safe space for everyone who loves games to come and enjoy what we all love together. Right, and mm -hmm. no gatekeeping. Everything you said is what we're all about, and I love that. It, just speaking personally, mental health is so important. Mental health is physical health in gaming and everywhere. And I'm so glad a resource like yours exists for those who need any kind of support. And, of course, there is a link to uh, the Hotline's Twitter page in our description below. So those of you who want to go and follow and, and check that out as a resource for yourselves, just check out the description. And uh, we mm -hmm. have it right there for you. So, uh, Jay, so seriously, you're doing great work. Real quick, uh, Soulcaster in the YouTube chat says, out of curiosity, is it international or just U.S.-based right now? It's just U.S. based right now. Okay. Yeah. So it has to be like SMS within the U.S. Okay. Okay. But Glad you said that, but I was I wasn't sure if there was a, like a separate thing that that international yeah. folks could uh, use. <laughs> we would. I dream of being international one day, but um, that would that's in the future, hopefully. It's yeah. only been one year. I think we could. I yeah. think it's possible. <laughs> We're doing our exactly. Best. Onward and upward. Yes. Um, yes. But yeah, I, well, I love what you said about how like um, creating creating spaces that kind of disrupt that norm, right, of gatekeeping and, and making it a boys' club. Um, I think that really makes such a big difference, and we really believe in that too. We really think that like having places where like feeling like sharing in vulnerability and feeling connected and reaching out for help and 
um, you know, being able to talk about what really is impacting you, uh, sometimes in like a hard and negative way, I think is, I think that's the work, you know, I think that's what's going to make the real change um, in our culture, because it is a big right. systemic cultural issue. But this culture is also made up of individuals, you know, it, it at the end of one of the things we've like really learned this year is that harassment it really is about just the way that we treat each other and the way that that's modeled and the way that it's and, and what we uplift and and what we see in, in other people that we're playing with and, and hanging out with and talking to um that's that's where it comes from and so i think the the spaces that y'all create um are just such a big part of that too of shifting that narrative and um hopefully uh, some of our work also kind of makes that feel a little bit more normalized and more okay too mm -hmm. oh i'm sure it is i think you know every little bit that any of us in in this space can do to make games more welcoming and inclusive for everyone is incredibly important you know it doesn't matter how many followers you have or don't have you're doing the work and you're doing your your little part in your own corner of the world to make things better for for gamers of all shapes sizes stripes doesn't matter and you know one of our as i've said before one of our guiding principles is you know the one of the quotes from the late great satoru iwata when he said above all video games are meant to be just one thing fun for everyone everyone yeah. being the key word there everyone yeah. and it's better when we all have fun together right there's no i don't why gatekeep there's no <laughs> point so we're yeah. clearly on the same page here and i love that there's so much love in the chat. I'm feeling it. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I think I think the last thing I wanted to to say that that you kind of sparked um, in me was that, you know, like obviously harassment, obviously mental health isn't unique to game spaces by any means. This happens all over the internet and in all sorts of spaces, but there definitely is kind of a unique, you know, games has its own flavor. <laughs> That's it. true. Um, and That's true. And one of the things that we we heard, you know, before we started the games hotline was that folks, especially folks who had experienced like more heightened or extreme or prolonged um, experiences of harassment, when they did try to reach out for help, folks just didn't quite get it or were a little bit dismissive of like, oh, but it's it's just online. Like it's just a game. <laughs> yeah, it's just a game or like yeah. people aren't threatening you in real life, you know, Um and and it just I think that is such a barrier to care, you know. Um, and so even though these are, you know, a lot of this is about you know humans and what it is to like be in community with each other and how we treat each other, and it is a very human experience. But at the same time, I do think having a culturally kind of specific uh, resource can also make that feel a lot more accessible and a lot more possible for some people to reach out and talk about their experience that otherwise might feel like oh well, people aren't gonna like understand or you know i, I don't want to have to explain right. all right. of that to, to someone else. you gotta get the basis of games in there before you can even yeah. get to the yeah the other parts well, and the thing is you could turn that on its ear and say yeah okay it's only online which of course it's not you know it, it doesn't matter online or offline harassment's harassment but the fact that it's online means that it follows you everywhere you can't escape it it's not yeah. as though you go to school mm. and you have to deal with your bullies and then you go home. Online yeah. harassment follows you everywhere. If you have a smartphone, you're always exposed to it wherever yeah. you are. So mm. that could, you know, you could turn that on its ear and say, well, online harassment in that sense 
is a bit more pervasive and, and a bit more dangerous in the sense that you can never get away from it unless you just stay off social media and how many people are realistically going to do that yeah and it's i mean and the the pool of people online is so much bigger too right like right. If, if you're being bullied in person like at a school in, in your um example like not to diminish that at all either that is also like often a really horrific and traumatic experience for folks um but you know that is within like the limited amount of people in your school whereas online it's like people who don't live where you live it's people who are from right. all over who you have no idea where they are or where they're from so there are definitely just like kind of unique aspects and challenges of it that are di maybe different than offline harassment but at the end of the day this is this is the one real life we have there isn't you know, there isn't like a, oh, well, offline is real life and real friends is online. Like right. online friends aren't real or online experiences <laughs> aren't real. You know, like that just doesn't make sense. Like this is the, this is the real life that we have. Exactly. Well yeah, said. Absolutely. Uh, really quickly, I wanted to extend a warm welcome to a name I don't recognize in our live audience patron community, a magish saying, uh, a definite, I definitely have felt embarrassed trying to explain fandom culture to mental health professionals. Sounds like you have a great organization. Well, it sounds to me like that as well, but Amage, it's just great to see new names joining the community. So welcome, and we're really happy to have you in our live audience. Absolutely. So thank you for joining us. Uh, also, before we get too much further, just want to say a thank you to Joseph Bayer, who is our sponsor for today's episode. Uh, they don't have any copy for me to read, nothing they want to advertise. They are literally just sponsoring us out of the kindness of their heart, which is just so incredibly generous of you, Joseph. So thank you a million times thank you so much for your support and uh for sponsoring the show today we really really appreciate it uh and we also have a couple of super chats to read out before we move on to the news first is and this was <laughs> this was before the show even started five dollars <laughs> from diamond death saying hyped but still disappointed we still have no generation eight mythical pixie we got uh generation one mew two celebi three jirachi four manaphy five victini six hoopa seven marshadow eight who knows yeah, I that that's a great point. Uh, there there isn't one for Gen Eight, as far as I know. Derek could probably school me on that if, if I we're can't, wrong. I but... mean, I don't think there is one, honestly. Not that right. that variety. Yeah, so strange. So. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for that, uh, Diamond Death, and also five Canadian dollars from Bongo Lover, Kazuma uh, Kazuma you and Monkey Ball Baby. If he can make it in, I'm sure Ichiban Kazugurt can as well. We should have Bongo in general in this game. Thank you so much, Bongo Lover. And Jay, really quick to explain what that's all about. Probably three months ago or something now, we reported on the really weird news story that the Bongo, the Danimals monkey mascot, was a playable character in Sonic Dash, the mobile game. And it was just the weirdest crossover. We, it was such a weird news story to report. But now Danimals and Bongo have kind of taken on their own part in Good Vibes Gaming's lore. So that's if you see a bunch of weird Danimals jokes, that's what that's about. It's, it's a whole thing. <laughs> it's in jokes and all that. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that is a nice um, uh, lead up to something we wanted to talk about before, before getting to stories, uh, Ash. Yeah. So very quickly, um, kind of, yeah, as Derek just said, that's a perfect segue. This isn't one of our proper news stories, but Yakuza's Kazuma Kiryu was just announced this morning for Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania, which is awesome. People this wanted that, is, and it's like, delivered. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just starting to be this, like, who's who of Sega mascots and, and popular Sega characters 
in Monkey Balls. And, I mean, Monkey Ball's awesome on its own, but then you bring in all these other character camos. You got Sonic, Tails, Beat from Jet Set Radio. Now we got Kazuma. I'd love to see Ichiban. Maybe he can join as well, but I am so excited. I, I will for this lose game, my not mind if they, I, if, if they acknowledge Valkyria Chronicles all, I, at all. I will right. lose my mind. <laughs> Valkyria Chronicles or Streets of Rage get Blaze. I want to play as Blaze or, or Axel or Skate. You know that would be or Cherry or whatever. Uh, Jay, are you into Super Monkey Ball at all? Mm-mm, that game is so hard. It, it is, is very hard. hard. I have yeah. never beaten the normal set of courses in the original Monkey oh. Ball. So it's. But well, what's nice though is that this new one, Banana Mania, it's a remaster of the first two games in the series, and it includes a whole smattering of accessibility options on, on every front in terms of making the game easier in various ways for folks who just find it too difficult or too nerve wracking. And they're just, they're making it a lot more accessible, which is always a good thing. Hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's so, a delightful looking game. Absolutely. It's, it's just pure Sega arcade yeah. happiness. Goodness. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Kazuma in monkey ball. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing what other, characters will get uh revealed on the lead up to launch plenty of time like this game keeps on giving yeah there's still plenty of time so it, it comes out same day as metroid dread same there, week around there i forget week. the exact okay, time but it's same. definitely around the same. same time which is like sorry monkey ball <laughs> yeah eventually yeah, okay, but right. metroid dread has my heart <laughs> yeah exactly well with that said we do have some actual news stories to get on to and oh wait before we do that we have one more super chat from bongo lover Two Canadian dollars saying Billy Hatcher would be perfect for Monkey Ball. I agree. Yeah. Bring in Billy Hatcher. Bring in. There's so many big. Bring in Danica Patrick if you want. You know, she's obviously a big, (laughs) big Sega character too, right? Um, But yeah, so thank you so much, Bongo Lover. And uh, with that, let's go ahead and move on to the news. And this first story, uh, I I wore this shirt on purpose today. This first story is something my little Charmander pal here is very excited about. So let's get that up on screen. And uh, those of you who were, well, a few of you, many of you in our audience were with us this morning, bright and early at 6 a.m. Pacific, for the Pokemon Presents presentation, which revealed a bunch of new information about Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl and Pokemon Legends Arceus, as well as a few other side games and stuff. Uh, But they already know what we think of of what we saw this morning. Uh, Jay, I know you're into Pokemon as well. Did you watch the presentation or follow the announcements? Like, what are your overall thoughts on what was shown in this presentation. I didn't get up early to watch the presentation. Um, you were smart. But... <laughs> You're smart. You're the smart one of us. I did, yeah. I, I did look at a, a highlights list of what was announced. I'm really excited. I just started playing Pokemon Unite, and so I'm really excited about Sylveon. Um, I, I just love Sylveon. She's nice. so cute. Um, and, yeah, and, and the I think the... Something that, this is, like, maybe not that relevant, but (laughs) something that kind of, like, boggles me about Pokemon Unite is the menu is so strange. I feel, like, weirdly designed for Switch. Um, It just doesn't feel intuitive, and I think the mobile, the fact that they, like, were wanting to port it to mobile actually kind of made it make a little bit more sense. Um, So that's, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited to, that they're adding more Pokemon in there, and... Um, all of that. I also, I loved Pearl, playing Pearl, like, back in the day when that was kind of, like, my, I was, like, a teen during that time, so Pokemon teen years, and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, like, really glad to hear that they are, like, keeping a lot of, like, they're, they're staying pretty faithful to it and keeping a lot of the things, like, the secret base, 
uh, and stuff like that. So I don't know. It lo looks. I feel pretty positively about all the Pokemon news. Um, I just love. I just love those little critters. <laughs> <laughs> I, so do we. I gotta say, there, there's of course it's not a hundred percent positive, but man, what a difference from the first time they showed off these games. People seem generally more excited about them. Looking at what's yeah. being shown, mm -hmm. uh, it's it seems like they're you know pulling a lot of things from the original. Uh, Gen 4 uh, with uh, with what they're showing for the Shining Diamond and Brilliant Pearl. And uh, actually, I always mix those up. I always want to say, want to say Shining Diamond instead of Brilliant Diamond. I don't know I mean, why. Right. <laughs> but uh, but um, yeah, it, it it does look pretty good. I, and I, I think it will likely be potentially the best version as long as they get a lot of the stuff from Platinum in there. We'll see how it goes, but it, it generally looks pretty good. Legends is definitely the one that has my interest, though. I am right. so curious how it's going to go. The the way it's structured and the way it, uh, uh, is all, it really seems to be more all about the catalog, the Pokedex. Learning all about that. There is no indication of ancient gyms or things like that. You only have one home base, and it's all about you and the monsters. And that's definitely different for a Pokemon game. It's where the focus is the Pokedex. Right. And now we also have these different style options for individual moves. Like moves can either be strong or agile. And now that and, and depending on what you choose, that can change their the move stats as well as the turn order, which which as you mentioned this morning, Derek, is kind of Final Fantasy ten esque, in which you can see the next several upcoming turns uh, in terms of who's going to order uh, the order in which everybody's going to act. And that's a really interesting twist on the Pokemon formula. And I'm. I have to say, like after being intrigued at the initial reveal, but also clearly seeing that the build they were showing at the reveal was just being held together by hopes and dreams. This is looking much more solid. It looks. It's looking nicer visually. It's looking better. I love the music we heard. Uh, we're getting some lore with the Hisui region being the, you know, the ancient version of Sinnoh. Um, there's a little bit of weirdness with the uh, Galaxy group or the Galaxy team which might be a precursor to Team Galactic. Kind of seems like so it, but... It seems like it would have to be. So, it's looking interesting. And mm -hmm. as far as uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl go, I'm I'm intrigued. As I've said before, Gen 4 is probably my least favorite gen, uh, you, know, in the, you know, in terms of the original versions of, of each generation. And I like what I'm seeing so far of the remakes. I love that chibi art style in the field areas. Uh, it's cool that it... it changes to a more realistically proportioned art style in battles but i think it works really well for the kind of remake this is it's obviously trying to go pretty faithful to the original art style of the original diamond and pearl and i get that it's a subjective thing i know not everyone's gonna like it some people just hate anime for anime's sake i, I don't understand those people i love chibi art styles i think they're it's adorable so sign me up i'm in for it i'm, I'm curious to see if these remakes can kind of change my opinion on gen four as a whole mm -hmm. yeah and i mean like pokemon is pokemon is so anime already <laughs> like yeah. I, I feel like it just really works it was really it was an easy i don't know kind of blending in um so i don't know it, it feels right to me and yeah oh yeah in uh legend i i was really digging the like i don't know kind of the steampunky little pokeball <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, that was like really cute um and i i think if if they had come out with Legends, like, I don't know, even, like, five years ago, I would have been, like, a lot more skeptical because it just, 
it isn't I'm like this is weird it's very different it doesn't feel like Pokemon in a lot of like the Pokemon games that I know in a lot of ways but I feel like I don't know just in the past few years Pokemon has really shown up and like shown all these different ways of like playing and interacting in the world and it I don't know it definitely has built up a lot more faith Mm. uh, for me at least so I I, I gotta ask Jay what, what is your favorite of the new Pokemon shown of the what? The the new Pokemon they showed. Of the new Pokemon. Yeah, we got the brand um, new ones. We got uh, Growlithe. We got Weirdeer. We got Basque Legion. And, oh gosh, uh, Braviary. Uh, uh, Pisui new... and Braviary, yeah. yeah. The Weirdeer sticks out to me. <laughs> I liked it. That's yeah. such a good name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one for me is, is Hisui and Growlithe. I can't. I mean, oh, dogs are objectively oh. perfect. We know that. Yeah. Everyone knows dogs are perfect. And Growlithe oh. is already adorable. And yes. Hisui and Growlithe is... A, even more adorable. I just love how his hair just covers his eyes. I don't know how he sees it gets any or how it sees getting it gets anything done, but it's adorable. And mm-hmm. uh, same thing with the Hisui and Bra- Braviary. I I just you know it's always fun seeing new Pokemon designs revealed, and it's uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what more new stuff we get from the Hisui region. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's looking pretty cool, and uh, looking forward to uh, buckling down and. Uh, really taking a look at the at the what that trailer might be hiding <laughs> soon. Yes, soon. yes, indeed. Well, so. before we move on to the next do- news story, we do have a couple of super chats. First is ten dollars from Rec BCQ, saying, "Following up from my super chats last time, I am far more excited for both of the new projects. BDSP does seem more ambitious than I thought, and inject." Pokemon Legend Arceus into my veins. Also, BDSP <laughs> is so close to BDSM. I, I, I think about that every single time. I, I either type BDSP I, out or I say it in my head. I know. I mean, that's how I have to kind of keep track of what Brilliant goes with, Pearl or Diamond. I have to uh-huh. like, wait, what is it close to? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that one. So, yeah. No, you, you definitely are not the alone who's who's making that connection, Rec BCQ. And thank you so much for the uh, donation. We really appreciate it. Also, $1.99 from Screamo Shaman uh, saying, I can't wait for a Bidoof to annihilate me on site. I know. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be wild, uh, you know, by, seeing how by the way, interacting Ash, with Pokemon in a different way. Yes. Uh, you did miss Rec BCQ's earlier uh, $10 chat. Oh, did I? I'm so yeah, sorry. There's one My before bad. that. Oh, I see it now. Okay, yeah. Uh, Rex B- uh, BCQ with another $10 donation saying, as someone who has struggled with mental health and had my lowest point in mid last year, I'm okay now. It is great that you all do such things to support people. It's why I love this community. Well, Rec BCQ, thank you so much for letting us know that. And I completely understand what it's like to struggle with mental health. I do myself. And it having supportive people and communities around you to lift you up when you need lifting is so incredibly important. None of us can do this alone. It is absolutely a group and team effort. And that's why I'm so glad we have awesome, wonderful people here like Jay here on the show today to talk about that with us. So mm-hmm. thank you, Rex BCQ. And I apologize for missing your, your first super chat originally. Thanks, Derek. Yeah. Um, also, another uh, $1.99 donation from Screamo Shaman saying, also, Old Western Unova win. Oh, that would be man. sick. That would be pretty that cool. That would be cool. Yep, I like that idea. Pokemon Company should hire you. Although, Shaman, especially although your name. honestly, more I, I like Jay's idea. Let's go full steampunk on that one because this is supposed to be New York with Unova. So let's go right. steampunk on this thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm down for. Um, 
Korotama with a $19.99 donation. Thank you so much, saying, Can I just say it was great to hear out loud Basky Legion Pokedex description in a soothing voiceover? Was not expecting to get whiplash this morning. Yeah, right? Like, that's kind of digging into the really dark nightmare fuel Pokedex entries, right? (laughs) There's a lot of those out there, but this one... but that's like the newest one. Yeah. Definitely goes in like the... It uh, it it combines from the it evolves from the souls of its failed brethren that didn't make it upstream during during the right. season or something it's like that. So that's like, so messed wow. up. It's so messed up in that very specific Pokemon way, and I love it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to going back and watching the presentation again later when I'm not you know focused on reacting. Just my wife and I are going to watch it tonight, so that'll be fun. Uh, and finally, Skull Kid Tiger with $5 saying, I wonder, are Pokemon able to have Danimals? Like, Lemonade can heal them. Does, Danim- does Danimals evolve them, heal them, stat boost them? Sure. You know what? In, in, in my head that, canon, the answer is yes. That, that, that's above. how you get a new evolution of Chimchar. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Or, <laughs> exactly. if we want Bongos, I guess we do need to do it off of, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name, uh, Jenny uh, Grassstarter, um, Rillaboom. Oh, Rillabongo. Yeah, Rillaboom, right. I, I think Danimals should just, should just be super, you know, uh, super effective on every, in a good way, on every monkey-based Pokemon. Whatever it is, whatever gen, Danimals items give you extra stat boosts, whatever. I, I, sure. In my head canon, that's exactly what happens. So, yeah, I love it. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for your incredibly generous super chats. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, well, let's go ahead and move on to our next news story, which has to do with everybody's favorite blue blur Sonic the Hedgehog. All right. So uh, Sonic team head Takashi Izuka has uh, recently made some interesting comments about the future of classic Sonic uh, at Sega. And this was uh, this comes by way of Nintendo Everything talking about an interview that Takashi Izuka uh, did with Retro Gamer and. I'm just going to go ahead and read this little this little clip out here. So this was Izuka's answer, um, talking about Classic Sonic. Initially, we thought bringing the Classic Sonic into the fold was just going to be a 20th anniversary project, but it was met with such positive responses from fans that we knew we would keep him around. In fact, we have released Sonic Mania focused on the Classic Sonic in 2017. The Classic Sonic is a popular iteration who will hopefully be a part of the Blue Blur's future. Now, that's promising on one hand i guess sure but i feel like if this were anyone other not anyone but most anyone other than sega and sonic team there wouldn't be any mystery behind this sonic mania is one of the most beloved games of the past several years whether you're a sonic fan or not i mean it's generally just beloved by all how has there not been a sequel announced yet this is so frustrating why is there even a hopefully here he should be a part of the Blue Blur's future. I don't... This is so frustrating to me. Well, Why hasn't there been a sequel announced yet? Well, the Why thing is there any mystery? It kind of makes you ner- almost nervous in a way because you think of the how he got included into uh, Sonic Forces and it's like, well, that was shoehorned in and just not great. Exactly. So, like, <laughs> there's this weird thing where you're hopeful for a Sonic Team but also scared of Sonic Team. Exactly. Like, and and uh, Jay... You, you, do, you said you don't play a whole lot of Sonic, right? I'm not. I'm not super familiar with the franchise. Okay, fair enough. Well, if if you ever get a chance, or if you're ever curious, definitely go play Sonic Mania because you don't have to be a Sonic fan to just enjoy what is a fantastic platformer with just amazing visuals and music and gameplay. It's just a great game around the board, but or across the board. 
But yeah, I just I don't understand Sonic Team's reticence here. It, they have a slam dunk on their hands. It sold well. People loved it. It was the best thing to happen to Sonic PR-wise in you, so long. And I say this think... as someone who loves 3D Sonic games. Well, not loves – I love some of them. But I don't hate 3D Sonic games across the board like so many people do. I think there are good ones. But Sonic Mania did wonders for the Blue Blur's image, uh, you know, in general. And I just – why is there any doubt here five years well, on, four years is, on? I wonder, is Sonic Team still kind of petty? Because they were kind of petty when it came to the old Sonic games and like, uh, yeah. you know, what they, how they kind of screwed over the developers of Sonic 2 and 3 and uh, made things harder on them. Um, could that be happening here? It's like, crap, we gave these other guys this, like, got the success and we get no credit, so, you know, screw them. <laughs> that is possible. I would hope and not. I, but... I hope not because it's so petty. And and the point should be to to give Sonic fans what they want. And that doesn't just mean classic Sonic fans. I'm not saying only make Sonic Mania sequels forever. Sonic Team should keep doing what they're doing. We've got Sonic Rangers coming. I'm looking forward to seeing what that's all about. Like that's fine. Keep making 3D Sonic games. But why not just keep giving people what you know they already want? There's no mystery here. Like. I feel like a lot of game developers would kill to have that kind of assurance of knowing exactly what their audience wants. And Sonic Team has that, and they're not capitalizing on it. And I just, maybe as you say, Derek, maybe it is just pure pettiness. And if so, that is just really damn sad and really yep. uncool. Hmm. Yeah, I I guess we'll see. I, yeah. I just I don't know what to make of it. Uh, Twilord in our live audience chat says, Classic Sonic is neat, but give me Shadow Fever based on Sonic Adventure 2 and the fan mods of Shadow. Like Mania, but for real gamers. Oh, God. No, please read real <laughs> gamers with the intense irony intended. Yeah. I don't, I mean, of course, we can go in circles forever talking about why Sonic Team is the way they are. Again, I say this as somebody who is looking forward to Sonic Rangers. I, I like most 3D Sonic games to a degree, but like just God, I want a, I want a fully original sequel to Sonic Mania, no reuse zones, just and I feel like that's what everybody wants, and they're just not doing it, or maybe they're working on it. Who knows? Who knows? I, don't I know. really don't know. Honestly, I'm more interested in this other bit of news that you have attached to this. <laughs> Yes, so there, yeah, there's a little bit. This isn't directly related, but it is indirectly related. And uh, that is, of course, that Johnny Gioelli of Crush 40 fame has teased on Twitter that they might be doing something for the Sonic 2 movie. And let's just call a spade a spade. Johnny Gioelli didn't have to say shit about this. But he chose to. <laughs> and that means he chose, he chose, see chose chaos 40. today. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, nice. I like that. Um, we're gonna we're totally seeing Crush Forty in the Sonic Two movie. Whether that means my, my guess would be credits, credits, yeah, credits, or, or may, you know maybe or if they really want to hype up Sonic fans during the final battle. <laughs> oh my god! If they were to do that in the final battle in the movie in the movie theater, got a Crush Forty song. I don't know if I survived the experience. My hype <laughs> level would just be. Uh, I, okay. I'm just, like, I'm just imagining this is a deep. I know exactly. I mean, we could you know postulate on what's actually going to happen, but it sounds as though Crush Forty is going to figure into the Sonic Two movie in some way, either with a song or maybe an on-camera cameo. Either way, Jay, as you can see, being a Sonic fan is a deep, deep, deep rabbit hole. 
to go down. You, you're lucky down. not to be involved. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, the like peripheral stuff that I ever hear about Sonic when folks are really into Sonic is mm. like, I think that choosing chaos, like little snippet feels like a pretty common thread <laughs> all of it. Like, uh-huh. does anyone know what's going on? Does anyone know what anyone wants? Like, it's, nope. And is anyone listening to that? No, but here's something <laughs> right. really weird and unexpected and everyone's reacting. Um, so this, this, this tracks, this tracks. From <laughs> yeah. It really does. Yeah. I, I, am, I am just imagining like a, a theater full of Sonic fans and the crush oh. new crush 40 song starts playing during the final battle and just losing their minds in the same way the avengers assemble thing yes. at, at, oh, during end game if that were to happen gbg from that from that day forth will have two co-founders because i will melt in my seat <laughs> and will not survive that experience <laughs> Oh, uh, man, I, I hope. Uh, also, uh, Drew Maru in our live audience chat, going back to the Sonic Mania stuff, uh, mentioned, I assume there's no Sonic Mania 2 because the team is working on Origins Collection as well as a proper 3 in Knuckles HD, maybe even adding stuff to it like how 2 HD had Hidden Palace. Um, so the, the, the issue with that, though, is that Sonic Team didn't make Sonic Mania. That was outsourced mm-hmm. to Christian Whitehead and you know, and, and an incredibly talented dev team of, of fans essentially really 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 experienced fans now sonic team of course you know oversaw them and and they were they were still involved but they didn't make the game so i don't know if them working on sonic origins would be a good reason for them not to to have a mania 2 in the pipeline somewhere so we'll see um but that said i am looking forward to sonic origins i know derek and i both are um I don't know if I'd expect a three in Knuckles HD. Probably check your expectations there. But we are at least going to get three in Knuck- uh, uh, Sonic 3 and Knuckles in widescreen, proper 16 by 9 widescreen in Sonic Origins. So that's pretty cool. And I agree with you. I hope they are adding uh, some of the stuff we saw in the Whitehead ports of uh, Sonic 1 and 2 on mobile into these definitive versions on console. I want to play Hidden Palace in Sonic 2. You know, I want to have Super Sonic and Tails and Knuckles in Sonic 1. Like, I hope that's what they're doing. We'll see. We'll Maybe. see. Um, but uh, speaking of of doing interesting things, this next story. Well, we get is, the super chats is... first. Oh yes, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry. No, no, I'm glad you did. Don't. No, um, Rob Arman X with five dollars saying, "If Crush Forty plays an original song for the final battle of Sonic Movie Two, I will break down in the theater. I'd cry so hard, <laughs> dude. You and me both, man. I." I think a lot of Sonic fans will agree with us there. Thank you so much. And also $5 from BCQ again, saying the classic Sonic games were all a dream and Sonic Boom is the true canon. No, please, no, don't do that to me. <laughs> Can you even imagine with big... Well, the Sonic Boom cartoon was legitimately awesome. Oh, yeah. Those games... Uh, the games were okay other than Rise of Lyric, which was just really bad. But um, it needed more time in the oven. But yeah, the Sonic Boom show was actually great and i'd be okay with that being being canon personally uh but thank you all so much your your generosity just continues to just blow me away thank you so much uh for all your super chats um so speaking of generosity it seems as though uh epic were very generous with uh taking let's call it inspiration for their new uh for their new project in fortnite so let's get that up on screen so this is this is some weird stuff, man. This this leaves a bad taste in my mouth. So oh, yeah. Epic Games today introduced Fortnite Imposters. And 
everyone immediately noticed that it's essentially just Among Us. They they just took Among Us and made their own version of it. And it's just, it's gross. Like, mm. even Among Us's developers didn't know they were doing this. Like, people reached out to the developers of Among Us, and they're like, hey, did you work with Epic on this? This is interesting. And they're like, no, we found out at the same time you all did. We didn't know they were working on this. We sure wish they'd reached out to us, but look forward to us, you know, working with various indie developers in the future and having crossovers, and that's cool. But Epic literally just took something that is really popular right now in in the indie scene and just repurposed it for Fortnite. And um, I mean, it's not the first time they've done this. That's essentially how no, their battle royale came to be. <laughs> Hi, player yeah, unknown, player unknowns battlegrounds. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, but uh, Jay, I know you mentioned before the show that you had quite a bit to say about this, so I want to get your take on on you know Fortnite imposters and how it relates to Among Us and how you're feeling about this. Yeah, I mean, where do we start? <laughs> like, <where laughs> do we... Well, there's like so so many layers to this, right? Like, obviously, Fortnite is already a PUBG ripoff, um, and like, I don't know. I just I just feel like. Um, Fortnite in general has such a bad track record of really just kind of taking taking things from different. I'm saying things like really vaguely because it's so many things. Mm. <laughs> I'm not trying to like. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. it, it is it's just like, like what's popular. Okay, it's in here now. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it um it, it hurts to see it into inner sloth um just because they they have been such a community driven and community like um i don't know centered any developer uh, and for it to be just such a blatant kind of they just they didn't even copy like they didn't even like change the names of things <laughs> you know they could have like i so uh, so many thoughts again <laughs> i don't I don't think that like game mechanics necessarily need to be like copyrighted, you know, like no, I, sure. I don't think like, oh, there's a popular genre of game. No one else should be able to make that game. But I mean, at least try to innovate on it or make something, you know, like it, it just yeah. feels so cheap in the way that they did it. And because they didn't talk to Inner Sloth about it, um, with it being so close and not really building off of their work really in a meaningful way it just feels it feels icky right yeah it it, it's 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 kind of what chris masterson just said in our live audience chat ethically it's disgusting right legally are they technically doing anything wrong legally no No. this 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 game the among us style of gameplay was not trademarked legally they're in the clear but that's not really i mean I, i know money it's you know money is the root of everything especially evil and i know money talks and that's what is at the bottom of this but it's just so gross i just i don't even play, i think I it's especially because it's one of the Fortnite, biggest franchises like, out there and it's taken yeah. it from an indie d- developer that's the part that makes it feel a little yeah. it's that power dynamic squicky yeah because yeah. You, you can look at um and i've never played this game but uh lord of the rings the third age pretty much copies the battle system of final fantasy 10 to a t from everything i've heard oh i didn't know that oh yeah it is straight up Final Fantasy X's battle system, but it didn't feel. It was like it was weird, and it was like, well, we obviously know what you're doing, but it didn't feel like it had that weird, that um, kind of disgusting feeling to it, because uh, you know, 
Square Square Enix is a big company. Uh, EA is a big company. It's kind right. of across the board, and it just you know we've seen it happen before. EA does it a lot. Resident Evil Four very popular. All of a sudden, here's Dead Space following the kind of the same idea while tweaking a little bit. It happens a lot in gaming, but to take something so integral to an indie game and to put it out into Fortnite, and you know this is mine now. It's not so great, right? Yeah, and, you know, I mean, yeah. it's and it's it's not specific to games, and it's not specific to even game mechanics and stuff. Like, um, I mean, like even within Fortnite, the I remember it was like a couple years now. Um, there was, I think, someone they tried to do a lawsuit around the dances, right? The Fortnite dances mm-hmm. and how a lot right. of them were like they originated from like black creators and black dancers. Um, yep. And stuff, and they got like viral and popular off of one video, which you know probably isn't gonna super materially impact that creator's life. But Fortnite takes that dance, puts it in their game, and very significantly materially benefits from it, you know. And that, in the same way, I think the lawsuit didn't go through, I think just because it's legally the way like copyright works, you can't copyright like a dance. Um, or something like that. Um, and so sure, legally it's in the clear, but it, it just, it, yeah, it is that like power dynamic of yeah. who, who is like, who is really adding to like the art and the craft and the creation in these spaces and who is benefiting from it, right? Mm. Um, and when those things don't feel like they line up, it just, it feels icky. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as, as you said, uh, Jay, it's, it's about, you know, yes, game developers will copy, you know, popular ideas or they'll they'll have they'll riff on popular ideas. They'll, you know, have things that are inspired by one another, by one another. That's one thing. But there's a power dynamic at play here. This is a mega corporation directly cribbing from an indie from an indie yeah. developer. And that's just so gross to me. I mean, again, legal technically yes, but ethical hell no. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I, I guess kind of like in terms of like, you know, we, we talked in the beginning, like when we were talking about the games hotline of like how so much of like what makes up culture is the way that we treat each other, right? Um, I, I think getting into like legal nitty gritties of like what's like what's legal, what's suable, what's whatever is that is one way to look at things. But I really wish in the games industry, we looked at things more like instead of like what loopholes can I get into or what can I get away with instead of like what would feel like a really good and generative way to like honor the creativity and innovation in these spaces right like instead of like I don't know approaching it from such a like ooh like it's not illegal (laughs) Um, and instead like looking at like if we want games to be better right like if we want games to be if, if we really want to like lift up how creative and interactive and um, generative games can be as an art form and as you know and as an interactive media, like what is gonna what is actually going to lift that up? What is gonna encourage more of that and, and make all of us feel like we we belong here and we're part of this and that like the stuff we contribute matters, you know? And when mm-hmm. indie studios get ripped off like this it just it feels like a power play right right and that doesn't feel 
welcoming or generative or creative. Yeah, it, it is all about that position of power because we've seen indie games crib from bigger games and sort of take their in their own unique ways plenty of times. It's just it's just a common thing. It's it's how these sort of iterations work, but it's it is that power structure where Epic is just the biggest thing right now. And I mean, I I did speak with um, a kid today who does play a lot of Fortnite, and he said he likes. I mean, he he's played Among Us before, really enjoyed it. But he thinks this Fortnite Impostors is better. Uh, I didn't quite get out of him why exactly he felt that way. Um, I guess it was just easier to chat and easier to sort of do things in there. I guess so. It's been a little bit optimized because I guess they have the money for it. But That's the um, thing. yeah, it, it's one of those things. Like I, like I hear this, and like I can't say like no, you're wrong for liking this. Like support the little guy. He's a kid. It's oh, just yeah. like yeah, yeah. So it's just like yeah. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think in a in an alternate timeline where, you know, they made the same game, but like, uh, did it in a way that was like partnered with uh, Inner Sloth, or even just acknowledged them, right? Even just like started any sort of relationship, even if it wasn't like monetary, although I, I do think like, if you are benefiting monetarily, you should maybe pass that along. But <laughs> I, even if it wasn't yeah. even taking the money out of it, right? I think just the acknowledgement and the honoring of like, what this is clearly building off of, I think just would have felt so much better. And at, uh, at like Feminist Frequencies, at Feminist Frequencies motto is be critical of the media you love. So this is, of course, not saying that like no one should play Fortnite or oh, yeah, no this... one should enjoy this game or even think it's better or like it more than Among Us. Um, right. But it we, it is fun also and important to look at it as a part of the larger landscape mm-hmm. of things. Yeah, this isn't a, Absolutely. you know, like screw Fortnite, you should no, all yeah. abandon or anything <laughs> like that. It's just more like, hmm, <laughs> just no. And Give it a little a side motto. eye. All, that's a great motto. We all should be active consumers of the media we enjoy, not passive. We should, you know, we can enjoy, but also criticize while we enjoy. And that's, you can do both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah. And this, this is that. And it's, it's just a real shame. And, and uh, I want to go back to something you mentioned, Jay, about wanting games to be better. And I think the problem is those of us here today, those of us in our audience, we do want games to be better. Now, I haven't talked to anyone personally at Epic. I'm sure there are people at Epic who also want games to be better. But the people this is going to benefit the most in terms of the the, the, the pockets that are going to be lined here, I don't think they care about games being better. They care about making money. As I said earlier, that's kind of what it all comes down to. And so there, you know, there isn't a general vested interest in making games better among the people who are going to profit most from this. And I think that's kind of where we run into problems. We all do want games to be better and, and honest and fair, and we want to lift up, you know, the little guys, the the indie devs, you know. But that's just not what the people at the top care about. Typically, I'm sure there are people for whom that's an exception. I'm not going to make a blanket statement, but in general, I mean, the fact that this is even happening and they, they didn't even shout out the Among Us devs at all, yeah. Inner Sloth, mm. that that says everything. It it really does. Yeah, it's it's all it's power. Yeah, it's that that power play. And, and you know, I, I, I still don't want to discount like how much change and impact like, um, you know, can happen from the ground up, right? Like from our spaces and, and from like, the voices in the way that of, I don't know, that we talk about things and we want games to be better. 
Um, but yes, you're right that, yeah, a lot of there, it has to come from top down as well at some point. So <sighs> yeah. it's a journey. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's a shame. And I see some people in our YouTube chat saying, well, you know, it's only a problem uh, when a when a bigger dev copies a small one, a smaller one. And I don't think it's only a problem when that happens. But again, there is a power dynamic here. Smaller devs just do not have the resources, the people power, the money to do the things that the bigger devs can do. And and I, I do think that there is an element of, of ethics here. You know, it really it just comes down to just being ethical and none of us on this panel today has said that what epic has done is illegal it's not it's not but it's it's fucked up it is unethical <laughs> and that's just all we're saying um and i do think that you do i think it's important to keep that power dynamic in play when talking about you know triple a you know huge mega corporations with billions of dollars in their war chest versus indie devs just trying to get by and and indie devs who are lucky enough and and you know it's not just luck there is a confluence of being you know having the right idea at the right time but get to have that runaway success have that spark that just explodes into a, what has become a st essentially a cultural phenomenon with or a gaming cultural phenomenon with among us and to, to see that exploited so directly and so just brazenly by a triple a dev with billions of dollars it's just it's gross it's gross but it's not illegal it's not illegal so uh well i'm sure we could go back and back and forth on this forever but i think we've all said our pieces uh before we move on to the next news story though we have a couple more super chats uh first is five dollars from zora or zhora i'm sorry if I, I got that wrong saying here's hoping the sonic 3 and knuckles soundtrack stays intact for sonic origins yeah here's hoping indeed um, some of the original in-house tracks they made uh, to replace the uh, the MJ tracks are still good, and Sonic 3 and Knuckles is still going to be a great game, even if they use those, but we do want to hear, the, of course, the original Genesis tracks, so we'll see what happens. Also, $5 from Jacob Tucker, saying, Ash, I have something I want to share with you and your dad at the next Game That Tune. I hope you'll pick me for Q&A so you guys can see it. <laughs> well, Jacob, thank you so much. I will try to keep that in mind. Uh, Game That Tune is a show that my dad and I do together. Uh, the next one's going to be next Monday. So uh, people are wondering what that is. Uh, that's what that is. So thank you, Jacob. I will try to keep that in mind. I'll make a note. Thank you so much. Uh, $2 from Skull Kid Tiger saying, this is the Oreo and Hydrox situation. Look it up. I will do that. I don't uh, know anything about that. Hydrox came first. Hydrox sounds Did like it? the ripoff, but Oreo is actually the, the ripoff I... of Hydrox. Yeah. I had not heard that. Well, there, there you go. That's interesting to hear. Hopefully, that's not what happens here. You know, <laughs> long term with Fortnite imposters and Among Us, but I guess we'll see. I mean, you know, Derek, you talk to that kid, and, and again, the kid can't be blamed. They're a kid. They're going to play what they want to play. But hopefully, that's not what happens here long, long term. So, I guess we'll see. Uh, but as always, thank you so much, everybody, for your generous donations. And uh, with that said. Uh, speaking of a very popular game trying to cash in on a popular gameplay style, maybe. Let's go ahead and move on to that next news story. So, a recent data mine of The Last of Us Part II's single-player data has revealed that there is, a, there is potentially a Battle Royale mode on the way uh, for Last of Us Part II multiplayer. Now, of course, Last of Us Part II multiplayer doesn't exist yet. We're kind of all waiting to hear what's happening on that front. Um... The most recent rumors seem to seem to point there to there being a standalone multiplayer release for Last of Us Two. Whenever that seems, to, whenever that's going to come out, we don't know. 
But now this latest data mine has pointed to there potentially being a battle royale mode in the works as part of that. Now, of course, with all data mines, it's, it's important to remember that that may not be what's happening. These might be scrapped assets for a battle royale, royale mode they had planned at one time and they no longer do. Who knows? Um, but essentially, a potential map was found for a battle royale mode. Um, and there's also evidence found of a compass, a player count, and an emote wheel script, uh, which, is all, which are all commonly found in battle royale games, of course. Go ahead, Derek. Oh, nothing. Oh, I thought you suggested something. My bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and other evidence suggesting that a battle royale mode is coming includes gear that's been, associ- gear that's been associated with the battle royale genre, uh, suggesting players will have to loot for armor and equipment, which is pretty normal for battle royale games. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not a big multiplayer shooter guy, as you guys know, so I don't really have too much to say about this. But, you know, obviously The Last of Us Part Two is a very significant, popular game. People love Last of Us Part One multiplayer. We don't really know what's going on with it. Um, Jay, I know you said you haven't played The Last of Us, right? So I guess you don't have too much to say here. Not a lot. But <laughs> it is an interesting tie into just talking about Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. So Battle Royale is certainly the is the thing these days for uh, multiplayer shooters. It's it's a very popular kind of subgenre. And it wouldn't surprise me to see this actually happen. Like whenever we do eventually get news of what's happening on the multiplayer side of things with The Last of Us Part Two, I could see this being part of that. It wouldn't surprise me. What about you, Derek? I mean, Battle Royale is the hot thing right now. They've been the hot yeah. thing. So it just makes sense from that perspective to have something like that. Might not be the full, you know, 99 players. Could be just a f- more limited. But The Last of Us does kind of lend itself to that. It would be a very different kind of game because of the maybe the crafting mechanic and the stealth mechanics that make it feel a little different from your Call of Duties, your Fortnites, you know, what have you, as far as those Battle Royales are concerned. And um, could be good. I don't know. It's, it's it, The scavenging aspect is what makes it a little bit more interesting when it comes to uh, Battle Royale in this game in particular. Um, but, yeah, I mean, cool if it happens. Oh, well, if it doesn't, I like you, I don't really play multiplayer that often, especially online multiplayer. Yeah. It's and I haven't even picked up Last of Us Part Two yet, so this wouldn't be on my list if, it, if it, even if it did come out. <laughs> so I'll be honest. Right. Yeah. Same. I mean, I I really enjoyed the Last of Us Part Two from a single player standpoint, uh, and you know, I, I would I would like to revisit it at some point, but I'm not very not very unlikely to go boot it back up for multiplayer, no matter what the multiplayer looks like. That said, you know combat in the last of us part two is fantastic it's it's visceral it's intense i don't know how that changes what you know uh when you're you know hunting clickers or trying to avoid clickers in single player versus trying to hunt other people in multiplayer i don't know if, if an element of that intensity will be lost but the last of us part two's combat is great so i'd be curious to see kind of what this is going to look like whether it's battle royale or not when they do announce whatever they're working on uh, you know, on the multiplayer front. Mm-hmm. But uh, Twilord said something really, really true here in our live <laughs> audience chat that I love, saying, I have no interest in The Last of Us Part Two or in Battle Royales that aren't modified versions of classic games, but The Last of Us is a freaking fabulous name for a Battle Royale game. It, it really is true. Is. It <laughs> really is. That's, That's actually perfect. I, 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 yeah. While you were talking, Ash, I had the, like, 
um, I have to break your heart because I thought I just thought about the idea no. of you know how there's you know the dogs were a big thing in uh, Last of Us Part Two. What if you take out the player yes. and you can take their dog, or you have to that, that, take that, that take alone, out another player's dog in order to take them? I out? will never. I, I would always lose because I wouldn't. I, I had a hard enough time. I played that game on easy just so I wouldn't have to like. <laughs> go out of my way to but I, deal with it. See, now yeah. I just imagine you liberating other players' dogs and having like a wolf pack following <laughs> behind you. Like, True. go. <laughs> okay, if that's if that's an option, maybe I'll go with that. Um, but yeah, I, the, oof, yeah, the Last of Us Part 2 was a was a tough game to get through thematically. And uh, the, the dog violence was <laughs> one of the reasons for that. <laughs> oof. It's a tough, tough stuff to get through. But yeah, um, whatever they're working on, I'm sure it'll be cool. I, I am glad, though, that the Last of Us Part II's dev team is getting a, a well-earned break. Obviously, there was a lot of bullshit and toxicity surrounding that launch. I'm glad they're taking the time they need, you know, just to develop multiplayer and not rush it out. Focus, hopefully, on their mental health, their physical health, uh, because they all went through a lot of bullshit leading up to that launch. And uh, so all the respect to them for putting up with that and uh, for, for eventually bringing us to what I'm sure fans will think is a great multiplayer mode when it does eventually drop so we'll see what happens but uh yeah well i don't think there's too much more to say about that so uh let's go ahead and move on to our final news story of the day and this is just some good vibes to close out the day here so let's get that up on screen so this is a few days old this actually happened over the weekend i think on saturday uh but on saturday either saturday or sunday but a few days ago a streamer by the name of boba accidentally serendipitously turned the Metal Gear Solid speedrunning community on its head by just accidentally finding a skip that, that skips a significant portion of the game. As those of you who played the original Metal Gear Solid know, uh, know that there's a fairly long portion of the game involving a stairwell and and it just adds it, ta- it tacks on a lot of playtime to the game and that's fine if you're just playing the game normally but if you're trying to speedrun it it'd be great to be able to skip that and Prior to her discovering this glitch, no one thought that it was possible to skip that at that part of the game. And so I guess what was happening was she uh, she was, you know, of course, playing a snake and turning around to take care of some enemies who were shooting at her. And when she did so, getting snake-taking damage at that particular time made his character model clip through the wall and clip through a locked door, thereby skipping this very significant part of the game, and I've been looking into this, and I guess it saves about two or three minutes on average mm-hmm. in a wow. speed run. And if you follow speed running at all, maybe two to three minutes doesn't sound long, like a very long time. Oh, it's time massive. It's speed running? That's an eternity. That's an eternity. And, uh, yeah, and it's just really cool to, to see. I, apparently, this was Boba's first time playing Metal Gear Solid, and it just happened completely on accident. And she did a little dance and like and, and made up a little song on the spot about it. How you know, she felt really good about it, and she called the skip Kevin, just called it Kevin. And I, cool. Yeah, <laughs> Why not just speed, call it Kevin? speed speedrunners wanted to call it the the boba skip, and now, now she's like, no, I want to name him Kevin. Yeah, it's, just, it's wonderful. And uh, uh, what's really cool, the thing that makes me enjoy this is the fact that a non speedrunner dis- 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 discovered a speedrunning strat. And the speedrunning community just open up around her. Like they have a picture in the in the uh, whole Twitter thread of a Discord call in the, of the uh, Metal Gear Solid community, where like 
I think like 36 people are in the call together, all discussing it, trying to recreate this thing so they could put it integrated into their runs. And uh, even one, some of them reaching out to her, just like saying, you know, think it's really cool. Um, it's so I'm so glad that somebody like it's actually really fun that somebody that's not in the speedrunning community discovered this. It just makes it that much more you know enjoyable. It's just sort of fun. It's it's a nice feel good story. Yeah, it really is. And uh, uh, Jay, I think you mentioned you haven't played MGS, but do you follow the speedrunning community at all? I mean, I watch. I'll watch the GDQs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, same. Like I do the, too. Feels like the Olympics of <laughs> yeah. video games. Uh, I yeah. am not like like so. I I don't play sports, but watching the Olympics is kind of fun. Yeah, <laughs> um, totally so hear kind you. of that that vibe. Um, yeah, I don't know. Y- y'all are right. This is just kind of a delightful little story, and um, I think it's it's so much of like. I don't know, like, sometimes stuff just happens in a mysterious way of, like, uh, you can try and plan really hard for things, and you never know what's going to make it possible. (laughs) And so I feel like this is a really delightful little encapsulation of that, of um, these folks who, like, grind this game and, like, uh, you know, speedrunners, oh my gosh, the discipline. <laughs> it's it's oh, unreal. Yeah. Um and and put so much into it, but then I don't know, sometimes a mysterious thing happens and a non speedrunner finds this huge skip two three two to three minutes is is like a lifetime. That's amazing. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I love what Seesaw twenty four years said in our live audience patron chat saying Kevin is a weapon that'll surpass Metal Gear. Of course it's a riff on a quote from Metal Gear. Um and also uh Corn Legend Flakius says I love that. Says fair warning, uh before looking up Boba Witch, there is NSFW art according to her bio, so be cautious, but of course not shaming her for any of that. But just good to know if you happen to be looking her up at work or you know the the skip she did just good to know um i think one of my other favorite parts of this other than the fact that it happened and she's so happy and and her reaction is just so visceral and positive is that i haven't seen any toxicity uh, any blowback no uh surrounding the fact that you know she is a female streamer like i and i was wondering if that was going to happen but by and large the speedrunning community seems to have been very supportive and and her gender isn't an issue, which is the way it should always be. But I'm just glad to see that the speedrunning community, at least in this case, I don't, I don't, I haven't really followed the history of toxicity uh, in speedrunning. But at least in this case, it seems like it's been nothing but good vibes and support, and just lifting her up, which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, nice. yeah, that is refreshing to, to hear <laughs> yeah. a story like that and be like, oh, kind of a release of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's I just know. like, oh, I feel good about this. This is nice. Yeah. Like, I hate that my first reaction when I saw this was after, oh, this is so cool. What she did is awesome is, okay, but what are the reactions? Are people giving her shit? And no, apparently not. So, hell yeah. Good on you, speedrunning community. I love to hear that. And uh, that's why I chose this for the final story of the day, because I thought it would just be some good vibes going into the second part of the week and getting us to the weekend. So that is, uh, as I said, our last news story of the day. Uh, which brings us to the end of the show. But as always, uh, before we head out, uh, Jay, could you please tell our amazing community where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, definitely. So um, I I just want to plug the games hotline um, again. It's our it's our one year kind of anniversary of launch. 
Um, so for folks who missed the beginning, the Games and Online Harassment Hotline is a free, confidential, text message-based uh, emotional support, mental health resource uh, for anyone who makes or plays games. So um, to reach us, you just text SUPPORT to 23368, so the word SUPPORT to the number 23368 from anywhere in the U.S., and you can text any uh, any time of day, any day of the week. We're open seven days a week. Um, and yeah, we'll, we're online every day from 3 to 7 p.m., so that's when we'll text you back, but you can text in at any time. Um, and if you maybe don't need the hotline right now, you can find us on social media at Games Hotline on all the little platforms, um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of that. Um, so yeah, that's where you can follow our work. We share a lot of resources and um, I don't know, talk a lot about a lot of the stuff that we were talking about today. Uh, and so we, I don't know, we like to share that with the community, not just with like folks who are texting into the hotline as well. So um, yeah, I think that's, it. Oh, if you want to check out our website, we're at www.gameshotline.org. So, Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. And like I said, we do have uh, links to uh, links in the description for all that. And uh, we don't have the website yet, but I will add that after we're done with the episode, just to make sure that everyone has all the resources that they need to check you out if they want to. And uh, Jay, I've already said it, but thank you again, not only for being on the show with us today, but for doing such important work in the gaming and mental health space. It is really so important what you're doing and i'm just i'm glad there are i'm glad there are people out there like you doing what you're doing we're going to support you on our end as much as we can yeah. and you know just continue to do everything we can to make gaming a safe welcome inclusive space for everybody and so just thank you for everything you're doing on that front yeah thanks so much for having me here and it's really also wonderful just i don't know being like seeing the chat and being a part of this space y'all are I don't know. It lines up with so much of what, what we want for the games community, too. So this has been really, really special. Thanks so much for having me on. Of course. Well, it was our pleasure, and we'd love to have you back anytime, hopefully on a day that Steve can be here as well, yes. so we can yeah. all hang out together. That would be that would be it's ideal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, speaking of thank yous, I, of course, uh, want to thank everybody watching today for joining us. We just love doing this three times a week with you. And on that note, thank you to all of our patrons at the producer tier and above for making this show happen because without you it would not be happening and uh, as i said because steve our usual stream maestro is not here to run the credits this time we won't have a proper credit sequence so i'm going to read out the producers as well in addition to the usual ep readout just as a bit of bonus for you so all of our amazing patrons at the producer tier and above include jacob one kurosame michael walburn fangs felix nebulous don koopman kevin online Sonic Kurosaki, Logan Daniel, Nick Munger, Arcwing24, Ben Modrin, Chase Talbot, Ben Hannigan, Chickens, Roman Kilchinski, Joshua Wiseman, Critter XD, Iggy Coop, Kirindas, Feeling Dreepy, Meowstix, Ariel H, Blindman, Ryan Sardon Keller, Black King, Shuckle25, Darts, DJ Andy D, Tiptoe, Joseph Bayer, Alex Rodriguez, Pedro Vasquez, Tony, Albi the Floof, Aspen Bird, Ian Seabach, Ben Frick, Ben Morelli, Emil, Farina Reneas, Andy Chung, PK Gaming, Legend of Jess, Natasha Smith, Shoichi, Chris Lewis, Daniel Codd, 
Bo Blacks, Gold Lichting, Olivia Chloe, Matthew Miller, Smoko 13, Rings of Saturn, Michael Abuda, Akil P, Hello World, Alan Leung, Helen Kincannon, Kristenton 2025, Tomo the Cabot, Coop's Crib, Toast Cross Dimensions, Just Cliff, Nicholas Van Roven, Dean Evinger Jr., Darksteel01, Chip Damage Mike, G- DJ Jurassic, Super Dank Awesome Unicorn Guy, Abisola Osani, Alan Berry, Jeff Ed, Ghost Wolf, Jack Hines, Matthew Batelli, Sleepy Scrubbles, Blaystar25, Twilord, Inferno Cali, Maddie, Tom Chiniak, and Jax. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. We really couldn't do it without you. We love you so much. And of course, an extra special, huge, wonderful thank you to all of our patrons at the executive producer tier and above for your incredible support of our channel. And that, and those fine folks include Jared Edinger, Brandon Bovia, Rob Arman X, Etiono Ben, Dan and Twistle, Dennis J, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Adam O'Sullivan, It's ATM, Octopuppet, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, Echo Carroll, The D-Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Kitty Kong Fax, Angel Martinez, Vedron Hotik, 112, John, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Sapphire, Azran127, Pagrima, Kinrule09, Jake Pelka, Geller, Joseph Rutkin, Charlie Bird, Geeky Griffin, Lucky Wonderfish, Kyle, Top Dog 23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Doug Shomix, Andrew Medeiros, Oram M, Brady Power, Sakuragi, Becca, Rocks the Cat, Fizzywig Hoyd, Critmonger, The Legend of Groose, Eddie B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, West Egg, Deneth, Kota, Michael McCaw, Matthew Wong, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Justin Matthews, Hoobie, Too Much Spaghetti, No Such Thing, <laughs> Mega Conrad, Askeron 809, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 Minutes and 60 Seconds, Christopher Masterson, Spicy Pandotter, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Grantles, Ravelox, Synchro Lord, Brainchild, Rosa Pardo Bowling. Hi, Steve's Hi, mom. Hi, Steve's mom. <laughs> Kotar Peck. Scuff196. Skullkid Tiger. AJB Cool. Blizzica. Jason Uloa. Jaden Buck. Phantom Project. Cystic Warrior29. Super Dank Awesome Unicorn Guy. Darik. Ray Clausen Jr. Nathan the Voice Actor. Hulkamaniac55. Chibi J. Bongo Lover. Mumbling Yeti. Cameron Sharp. And last but never, ever least, oh. Kane Woolley. Thank you all so much for your support. We really could not do this without you. And I love reading these names off every time. It's just one of my favorite parts of, of my hosting days. So thank you so much. Um, as a reminder, we are fully Patreon funded. So if you want to ha- f- uh, find out how you can support us, we do offer a bunch of different tiers at a, buffer- a bunch of different price points, offering really cool perks at every price point. So head on over to patreon.com slash gaming and check out what we offer there. We'd love to have your support over on Patreon. But even if you can't support us on Patreon and you just support us here on YouTube, that means the world to us as well. If you like, subscribe, ring that notification bell. Every little bit does truly help as we seek to grow. 
and grow and grow. So with that said, thank you all so much once more for joining us, and we will see you on Friday for the next episode of Today's News Tonight. Until then, everybody, good night and good vibes. Bye. Bye. Bye.